Thanks for listening to the Voices of UMass Med, featuring the people, ideas, and advances of UMass Medical School. Welcome to the Voices of UMass Med podcast, and thank you for spending some time with us. We are joined today by the chair of our Department of Neurological Surgery here at UMass Medical School, Dr. Mark Johnson. We're so grateful that you've made time to share your story and talk with us. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's hard to believe, but already four years have passed since you joined uh, UMass as the chair of neurosurgery uh, in 2016. I, I won't ask you to summarize four years worth of work, but can you give us a sense of what some of your priorities have been since coming to UMass? Well, one of the things uh, that I wanted to do was to really establish a strong academic uh, department of neurological surgery that covered all aspects of clinical practice, and that was really a leader in the research area. Uh, In addition, we wanted to establish a residency training program in neurological surgery here that was uh, well regarded around the country, and that would help us to produce the leaders of tomorrow in neurosurgery. Let's talk a little bit about your residency program. It did not exist before you arrived. Why was that important to you? Well, I love teaching. I love the academic environment. Um, You know, I had spent uh, quite a few years at uh, Brigham and Women's Hospital, which has a very uh, well-established residency training program. So in coming to the University of Massachusetts Medical School, I wanted to make certain that I would be able to continue to do that. I think one of the ways that we as academic physicians can contribute to the future health of the populations we serve is by training the physicians of tomorrow. So I knew uh, that in coming here, in order for me to be able to do that, I would need to establish a residency training program. And the Dean and the Chancellor of the Medical School, uh, as well as the CEO of UMass Memorial Medical uh, Center and UMass Memorial Healthcare were very much in support of that. So uh, I took a little bit of a gamble, of course, uh, in that you know, it was sink or swim, but we were able to establish a residency training program uh, within about two years. Uh, it was approved uh, on the first application, which is somewhat unusual, but I think that's a testament to the infrastructure, the environment uh, that uh, existed here already. And you have recruited already several um, really wonderful residents. What what does your program offer them? And, and conversely, what are you looking for in a really appealing candidate? Um, as you said, the next generation of neurosurgical lead- leaders. Well, you know, neurosurgery is a very challenging specialty. Um, it tends to recruit from among the best and brightest of medical students around the country. And we certainly are are looking for students who fall in that category. But in addition to that, there's some additional factors uh, that are really important. We're looking for uh, people who want to be leaders in the field, who have a real passion for both clinical care and uh, research, and who are very well-rounded, who are are nice people. We, uh, We have tried to institute and create a culture uh, that is positive and supportive within the environment uh, that we have here in the department. And having uh, people 
who uh, have that as sort of their natural disposition, their natural set point, is the beginning of establishing a culture like that. So, and and I, I do have one more question about this year's recruitment in particular. Of course, um, it's mostly virtual, if not all virtual, because of the pandemic. How are you connecting with your prospective, prospective residents uh, in this environment? So we've had a, a series of webinars uh, where we have invited uh, resident applicants from around the country to join us. And we've presented uh, various aspects of our program and given them an opportunity to ask us questions. In addition, we have a session that's uh, coming up uh, within the next week or so. It's a question and answer session with the residents. And in a couple of days, we've got another session where we talk a little bit about uh, strategies for being successful in the neurosurgery match. So these are all opportunities for resident applicants, uh, students who want to become neurosurgeons in the future to get to know us and uh, the UMass Neurosurgery Residency Program. Give me a sense, if you would, you know, I think when people hear neurosurgery, they of course, think first of the brain and, you know, treating and removing tumors or diseases of the brain in that way. But neurosurgery, it it seems to me the field has sort of expanded. Can you give us a sense of of what the scope of neurosurgery is and and maybe what a typical day or week is like? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the great things about neurosurgery is that it expands so many uh, areas of medicine and areas of the body. Uh, Neurosurgeons not only work on the brain, but they work on the spinal cord and uh, peripheral nerves, which of course can be found uh, throughout the body. And uh, not only do we do surgery for tumors, uh, but we also work on the bone of the spine. We work on nerves, as I mentioned, we work on the blood vessels of the brain and and in the neck. Uh, In some surgeries, we we may actually go through the, the abdomen. So sometimes we do abdominal surgery. It's a very uh, wide-ranging field. Uh, a lot of what we do is to try to correct uh, compression syndromes, whether it's a tumor that's growing within the brain that's compressing other parts of the brain or uh, overgrowth of the spine that's compressing nerves. But we also modulate the nervous system uh, in a variety of different ways. Uh, primarily through electrical stimulation, sometimes through making small lesions in important areas that allow uh, uh, a rewiring, if you will, of how the, how the brain works. So it's really a, a, a growing and expanding field uh, in an area, namely neuroscience, which I think is probably the next big frontier in medicine. Yeah. I mean, you do read that. It seems like as much as we do know about the brain and how it works, what we don't know is vastly more significant. Is that exciting to you or is that intimidating or both? Well, that's one of the reasons that I uh, chose to go into neurosurgery. I had done a PhD in neurobiology and I knew that I wanted to go into an area of medicine that dealt primarily with the nervous system. But neurosurgery allowed access to the nervous system in a way that I could not get through uh, certain other specialties like neurology or psychiatry. Um, 
And it's, you know, uh, I often say to people, I, I'm a scientist in a neurosurgeon's body. And I think many neurosurgeons feel that way. It's just so, uh, it's so inspiring to see what the nervous system does. I was saying to a friend of mine, when you look around you, the building that you're in, the lights that you feel, the car that you drove in to get there, the street that you drove on, all of that came from the brain. The brain created all of that. And it's just, it is just so awesome. And to have an opportunity to work with that and to study it, uh, to make it whole again in, in patients who are suffering from illness or neurological deficits, is just a privilege. And uh, for scientists, it provides completely wide open vistas for a lifetime. Talk a little bit more, if you would, about what you mean by that, a scientist in a neurosurgeon's body. Are, are those complementary <laughs> skills? Uh, well, I certainly think they are. You know, there are many things that we as neurosurgeons do because they work, uh, but we may not fully understand why they work. And we certainly don't fully understand the organ that we work on. And so as we are uh, practicing uh, this area of medicine, questions about what's going on there and how does this work and how can we do it better uh, come up all the time. They're all around, uh, all around me. And so, um, you know, I can find a, an area to study from a research perspective in just about everything uh, that I do. And when we are taking care of patients, when we're having our educational conferences, these questions and the new developments that are being discovered every, every day in the area of neuroscience uh, come up continually. So as a neurosurgeon, you and your colleagues, I, I don't know if this is the right way to phrase this, but in some ways you're uh, a physician of last resort. People don't come to you with thumbnail, you know, hangnails. <laughs> uh, they come to you with very serious concerns and, mm -hmm. and they're suffering. Um, it, can you describe a typical day or what it's like to carry that responsibility? So that's another reason that I chose neurosurgery. As you pointed out, there are very few things that we do that are routine, mundane, or inconsequential. You know, it's not for everyone, but when I was a kid, I, I dreamed of doing something really significant, something really important to change people's lives for the better. And this is a field where you can do that daily. You know, we are often caring for people who are uh, losing the ability to walk or losing their vision or becoming uh, hemiplegic or hemiparetic. In some cases, they may be losing their ability to think clearly. And then we're able to intervene and change the course of that illness uh, for them, sometimes within a few hours. So, um, you know, it, it can be stressful. And uh, I often say to people, you know, uh, if you want to be a race car driver, which I wanted to be a race car driver when I was a kid, you know, it's really thrilling. I mean, you're going at very high speeds around the track and it's a whole lot of fun until you crash. 
likewise if you're going to be a fighter jet pilot you know with uh, all those horsepower underneath you and uh, flying through the skies at uh, incredible speeds how thrilling that must be until someone's shooting at you trying to shoot you down and uh, neurosurgery is the same way I, I must admit there have been days uh, when it became very very uh, stressful and at that moment you wonder uh, why did I do this again but you know the 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 answer always comes back because you need someone who can who can take this on someone who can do this who can deal with this kind of situation on a regular basis and and uh, take care of these problems and do it well and i enjoy doing that and occasionally uh, the outcome may not be good but most of the time it is and that what keeps us going must be incredibly satisfying. You're listening to Dr. Mark Johnson, chair of the Department of Neurological Surgery at UMass Medical School. So um, when you set aside dreams of becoming a race car driver, uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to ask you a little bit about your personal path to medicine. Um, sure. You grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering if you can just tell us a little bit about your childhood and, you know, is there a moment to which you can point and say, that's the moment when in hindsight, I realized I wanted to be a surgeon. Uh, yes, but it was, it was a long time in coming and there were incremental steps. Um, you know, I grew up uh, in a very poor home uh, in Memphis, uh, but I always, as I said, wanted to have an impact on the world. I actually wanted to be president of the United States. And um, so I, I uh, got a scholarship to attend a college preparatory school in New Hampshire called Phillips Exeter Academy. And uh, while I was at Exeter, I did have a, a chance to work for uh, the congressman from my home district in Memphis uh, for about nine months. And uh, during that time, I, I really enjoyed it, but uh, kind of thought maybe politics is not for me. It can be a bit of a rough and tumble business itself. And uh, so I began to think of other things. Um, and when I got to college, I, I needed to work every summer to help put myself through school. And uh, so I worked in a research laboratory in Midland, Michigan for a couple of summers and then uh, at the Naval Medical Research Institute in Bethesda, Maryland, uh, for another couple of summers and found that I just really enjoyed medical research, uh, scientific research really of any sort. And my scientific interests were quite broad. I, you know, I, I really enjoyed chemistry and uh, biology and astronomy and physics and just about anything. And that's still true today. So uh, it turns out that, um, and I decided to major in chemistry, it turns out that if you're going to major in chemistry, uh, you have to take uh, other courses, science courses, and those were also the pre-med courses. So I just said, well, as long as I'm taking these courses, I may as well be pre-med. It was, it was that simple. And uh, when the third year of college rolled around, I needed to make a choice. I had been offered uh, a position at that chemical company where I worked. Uh, and so I considered 
just getting a PhD and going to work there. But I really enjoyed uh, interacting with people. I think the, the part of me that wanted to be president of the United States was still there. I was student council president uh, when I was in high school and involved in a number of different organizations in college. And I just felt I needed that uh, other dimension to be able to interact with people sort of uh, at, you know, in, an, in an immediate way. So I decided to apply uh, to uh, MD-PhD programs and ended up going to Harvard Medical School and earning an MD and a PhD degree uh, at that time. So it was around that time that I first decided I wanted to go into medicine. But I, I really hadn't decided what uh, type of doctor I wanted to be um, until I took a neurobiology class in medical school. And I just fell in love with the nervous system, with the complexity of it, and decided to do the PhD in neurobiology and uh, so my goal at that time was to set up a research laboratory and uh, take care of patients with neurological disorders and do neuroscience research. And I had been told that if I went into surgery, I would not have the time to do research. So I struggled with that. And I actually thought I would be a psychiatrist or a neurologist. And I, I just didn't fall in love with those specialties. And I tried otolaryngology. I thought I might be an, an ear doctor. I tried ophthalmology. <laughs> I tried everything. And, uh, and then I, I, I did general surgery. I loved the immediacy of it, the critical nature of those diseases, the ability to intervene at a, at, right at that moment in time. But uh, it was kind of the subject matter was far removed from the brain. And then I did neurosurgery, and I just loved everything about it, the intricacy of it, the seriousness of it, the complexity. And so um, I decided to do uh, a residency training in neurosurgery and went to the longest training program in the country uh, because- How many years is that? Uh, that was eight years. Wow. So it was uh, five years for the PhD, four years for the MD, and eight years for the uh, neurosurgery residency training program. But I, I went there because that program at the University of Washington had a track record for training academic neurosurgeons who then uh, joined the faculty at universities around the country. And that's what I wanted to do. You've so described beautifully, um, you know, the different components to your profession. You know, you, you perform surgery, you provide care to patients, you conduct research to make the care better. You train, you teach. Is there one of those hats that that fits more comfortably than the others for you? Is there one that you just absolutely love? Uh, no, actually. <laughs> it, it, it really is. I, I have found, you know, I discovered when I was doing my PhD that I really, really loved science, but I missed medicine. And I have found that when I'm in the operating room all the time, um, I really love surgery. I love taking care of patients, but I miss the excitement of discovery mm. that comes with science. And I still am very passionate about making the difference in the lives of the people uh, around me. 
And I, you know, one can do that through science. You can do that through medicine. You can do that through mentorship and through teaching. And uh, so I'm very committed to being in a teaching environment, in an academic environment. I find that to be very fulfilling and it gives me a sense of purpose. Mm. So I, I, you know, I, to be honest, I can't imagine doing any one of those things without the other. As somebody who's attracted wonderful faculty to your department and who continues to try to attract wonderful residents to join your team as well, what would be your advice to somebody out there listening who's thinking about pursuing a career in medicine? Well, I would say that, you know, make certain that you choose medicine for uh, good reasons. And when I say good reasons, you know, the, the core of the medical profession is caring for others. That's what we do. And I, I think that if you go into medicine for other reasons, for uh, prestige or for money or to, because it's convenient, um, you probably won't be a really good doctor. At the end of the day, it's not the technical expertise that we provide or the knowledge that we have, but it's the, the willingness, the desire, and the ability to care for people and to, pro to provide them with whatever they need, whether it's the uh, medicines that we uh, have, surgical techniques, or a, a word of comfort. So uh, I, I would certainly advise to do that. And then, you know, there are different areas of medicine. Uh, there's academic medicine, private practice. Uh, there's the business aspects and the clinical aspects. And so it's important to try to determine in your own heart what drives you, what is your passion. Uh, I think uh, one can find a home within medicine in any of those areas. Dr. Mark Johnson, Chair of Neurological Surgery at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Thank you so much for your time. We know you're a busy, busy man and we appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Subscribe to the Voices of UMass Med on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. You can also suggest a future guest or topic by emailing ummscommunications at umassmed.edu. I'm Jennifer Berryman, Vice Chancellor for Communications at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Keep up to date with everything happening at UMass Medical School by following us on Facebook at UMass Med, on Twitter at UMass Medical, and on LinkedIn at University of Massachusetts Medical School.